So before we get started, maybe we just take a second. I was considering, man, as the new year is upon us, and just how often, how often we gather. We gather every Sunday, and I've, I've always believed this, that I don't ever want it to become commonplace for us to be in this place together, um, to listen to, to sing to, to pray to our Father. And I think sometimes it does, it just becomes routine. And as we'll talk about in a minute, I think 2020 really busted up some of that routine um, and it exposed what was really on the foundational level. And so uh, if you'll just join me just in a, in a moment of prayer and just, just ask the Lord if he wants and what he wants to speak to you today. And I firmly believe that if you'll open your heart and tune your ears, that he will be faithful to speak. I've always believed that. I believe that's true this morning. So if you'll just bow for a second, if you'll just, just pray to our Father and ask him to speak to you this morning. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to be here. Lord, we thank you for your mercies that are new each and every morning. God, thank you for this new year. And, and Lord, I want to thank you for 2020. And, and thank you for exposing in us, in our nation, in our world, Lord, really where our faith was. And, and Lord, I thank you for your sovereignty in the midst of, of all the chaos. God, you are faithful. And so we thank you for that, Lord. Would you speak to us this morning? Lord, as we remind ourselves of the truths that are found in your word, God, it's your word that provides life. And so I pray that we would just be attuned to what you have to say. May we not shut you out this morning. We invite you in. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we pray this this morning in your son's holy name. Amen. <clears throat> well, 2020 was quite a year, wasn't it? I'm sure many of you uh, would agree with some of the people. Uh, you watch the news programs and all you can hear is, man, thank goodness for 2021. We're so thankful that 2020 is behind us and that we can move on to a new year. And I don't know if you remember, but the year started with Australian wildfires, right? Like crazy, just, just the Australian plains just burning. And, and that was in January of 2020. And then you had the tragic passing of one of the, arguably, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play in Kobe Bryant. Uh, you had the passing of another iconic figure, Alex Trebek, right, the host of Jeopardy. He passed in 2020. You had the COVID-19 pandemic that began to rage in February of 2020, really taking a hold of our nation in March. Anybody remember murder hornets? Am I the only one who remembers that? Anybody else remember that? Yeah, murder hornets, right? They came on the scene in like April or May, and you thought they were the plagues from the Old Testament. It was like, man, we got COVID, we got murder hornets, man, we're in for it. But uh, 2020 was really filled with a lot of chaos, uh, a lot of confusion just globally. And then, right, you had a lot of unrest in our communities as well, whether it was political, whether it was social, whether it was economic, just a lot of unrest that existed even in our local communities. I'm sure some of you probably felt that as well. 
Um, but one thing remained true in 2020, and one thing remains true as we head into 2021, and that's the faithfulness and the goodness of our God and Father. He is faithful, he is true, he is just, and he remains the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so we thank him for that, that regardless of what took place in 2020, regardless of what your circumstances were, we talked about it time and time again up here, that you can find truth. We just, we just exited the Advent season, the Christmas season, where we talked about the attributes, the characteristics that are found in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone. Then you think about our church. Our church really experienced a lot in 2020 as well. And I don't know if you can recall, but at the very beginning of the year, when Pastor, T oh, sorry, this thing is uh, catching my shirt. Let me adjust it real quick. Okay, that's probably better. So Pastor Tim really outlined for us in January of 2020 what the theme was going to be for the year. And each and every year we have a church theme. And I have it for you on the screen back here. Uh, our theme for the year was impacting lives for God's glory. It was our church vision statement. And really, as we entered into 2020, we wanted to reorient and refocus ourselves back to the reason that we exist as a local church, and that is to impact lives for God's glory. So we had a lot that happened in 2020 just as a local church. Um, I don't know if you recall, but the Old Testament, right? We went through the Old Testament stories, the famous Old Testament stories. Uh, Pastor Tim took us through that series from Adam and Eve to Noah, to Daniel in the lion's den, to Jonah. Uh, he preached about the Old Testament stories. And what he did was he moved as quickly as he could from the Old Testament story to Jesus. Because each and every representation in the Old Testament has something to do with the coming Messiah. And so that's what we did. We talked about the story, the stories that we all appreciate growing up, but then as quickly as we could, we moved to Jesus. So he took us through <clears throat> Old Testament stories. Uh, then we had the summer series, favorite Bible verses. I'm sure some of you remember this series, and we heard from several uh, people just in our local body. We heard from Pastor Steve, and I recall very vividly uh, the word that he had us remember uh, from his message to us out of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Anybody remember that word by chance? What was the word? Anyone. Anyone, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away. All things have become new. Uh, and what a great reminder that was for us that anyone, and there are some anyones in our life that need the good news of Jesus as well. <clears throat> so we heard from Pastor Steve. We heard from Pastor Ryan, Proverbs 3, and he challenged us to invite the Lord into everything that we do to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. He challenged us to invite him into everything that we do. Uh, we heard from Pastor Dean. What a great reminder from Acts that salvation is found in Jesus alone and it's by believing on the name of Jesus that people are saved. And what a great reminder just of the simplicity of the gospel at times. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. And there is some complexity to it, but it's as simple as putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus and believing him and you will have eternal life. And what a great reminder that was. Then we heard from Lars. We heard from Lars out of Colossians that everything that we're to do, we're to do to the glory of God, do as if working for God, not working for man. And so what a great reminder that was from Lars as well. And then I was encouraged really from hearing from the majority of you guys as well. 
Uh, I recall Chris Plant posting a video on Facebook out of 2 Timothy, all scripture is God breathed. Several of you had shared your favorite Bible verses. And so in 2020, really during that time, which the, the church really went online, didn't it? In March, man, we, we, we didn't meet together and everything that we did was virtual. And in the midst of that, we were still able to encourage one another to minister to one another. I was encouraged by hearing from you all, the body is more than just one person. The body is more than just a praise team up here. It is comprised of each and every one of us. And so hearing from you guys was an encouragement for me as well. So we did favorite Bible verses in the summer, and then we had the biographical study of Elijah. I'm sure some of you remember that as well, that regardless of where you find yourself, regardless of why you have found yourself in a circumstance or in a dark place that there is hope and that there is peace to be found in Christ. And what a message that was, especially in the time that we were facing, right? So much fear, so much anxiety, so much worry. And what a simple reminder it was that as we cling to and turn our eyes to the Lord, he's faithful to pull us out of those situations. So we had the biographical study of Elijah. And then, right, probably one of the coolest things which I alluded to it early, was really just the church going online and how thankful we are for our online team because we have people that are watching right now on YouTube that wouldn't have seen this 12 months ago. They wouldn't have seen a Choice Baptist Church worship service and thanks to the faithfulness, within a matter of days, like it was, it was literal days from the time that, man, the guidelines came out that we could no longer meet together in person and we had to find a solution and so we're thankful for our online team for providing us a solution yeah, to, continue, to continue to meet together. And as Hebrews talks about, to not forsake the assembling together of believers. And what a cool thing it was, not just, like you think about our church, but you think about the number of local churches in the nation that really began to broadcast what they were doing. And I remember hearing from Lars one time and it was pretty, pretty mind-boggling when you think about it that he had said, what we're doing now will not only have an impact on the people that watch it now, but one day, right, we will go and spend eternity with Christ Jesus. And there will be a period of time where there will be people that will still be on the earth. And as they view some of these things, people will come to know Christ through what is taking place now. And I remember thinking about that. I was like, my goodness, like you talk about an eternal impact on what we're doing day in and day out. And that, that is why we do it. That is why we gather together. That and for a number of different reasons. So thank you to the online team for your work in 2020. So the church theme, the church theme was impacting lives for God's glory. And everything that we did from the summer series to the Old Testament series to the biographical study of Elijah, whatever it was, it was all in an effort. The online ministry was in an effort to impact lives for God's glory. And when you think about what it means to impact lives for God's glory, impact just simply means to leave a mark on or to leave a lasting impression and that's why we do what we do, but we do it to lives. So it, there, there are people that are hanging in the balance, right? We wanna impact, we wanna leave a lasting impression on lives. And I remember this quote from C.S. Lewis that has stuck out to me, and C.S. Lewis said, there are no mere mortals around us. There are no mere mortals. Everyone, each and every one of us, each and every person that's out there will spend eternity in one place or the other. 
They will spend eternity in one place or the other. So each and every day, the conversations that you have, the interactions that you have, you have the opportunity to move the needle for them in one direction or the other. You have the opportunity to move the needle for them closer to spending eternity with Christ, or they may leave in a very stagnant place and still not be in a place where they'll spend eternity with Christ. You see, there are no mere mortals. So we impact lives, and we do everything that we do. We impact lives for God's glory. And the more that I read Scripture, the more that I am just convinced that all of Scripture Everything that God is about is for the sake of his glory. He wants his glory. He will have his glory. He is about his glory. You read in Psalm 19, it says, He created the world for his glory. In Exodus, he raised up Pharaoh for his namesake so that he would get glory. Isaiah says, He brought the Israelites out of Egypt for his namesake. Psalm 23. You guys know the 23rd Psalm, right? He makes me lie down beside still waters. He leads me in green pastures. And he does this at the end of Psalm 23 for his namesake. He's about his glory. In John, we see Jesus allowing sickness and death to exist so that the Father can be made known. Romans, people are called to obedience by the power of Christ. And for his namesake, in 1 Corinthians 10 31, we are to do everything that we do, everything that we do for the glory of God. And then one, one sweet day, and man, what a day, what a day it'll be when our faith is made sight and we get to spend eternity with our Savior and there will be no need for a son because his glory will shine forever. And what a great day that will be. Everything that he is, everything he's about, everything that we do aligns with and it's for the sake of his glory. And so my question to you, as we consider really what 2020 has held and where we're headed in 2021, is how have you been impacted in the year 2020? Because see, it's my belief that your impact on others will only go as far as the gospel has had an impact on your life. That nothing, nothing can happen outside of you until something happens inside of you. And if you're convinced, I think about this in terms of eternity, right? Our, our lives would change if we actually believed, and, and many of us do, that there is an afterlife. We talked about no one is a mere mortal. And so each and every person that I interact with, I go through the drive-through at McDonald's, I check out at Walmart, each and every one of these people, if I believe that they will spend eternity in one place or the other, I believe that. And so it changes my behavior. So nothing can happen outside of us until something happens inside of us. Uh, I was gonna show a short clip um, from this video, uh, but I didn't have time to get it put together. But there is this video, and you can check it out on YouTube when you get a chance, Um, but there is this this man who is obsessed with Pac-Man. Obsessed with Pac-Man. Everything that he does, everything in his house is all about Pac-Man. And there's a short part of the video where what he does is he's literally in a parking lot of some store, and he has a bullhorn, and he is shouting to people in the parking lot saying, you, you, need, you need to experience the goodness and the glory of the wondrous yellow one, is what he calls him. And then he, there's another part of the video where he says, man, so many people will be lying on their deathbed one day, and they will be wishing that they spent more time playing Pac-Man than they did doing anything else. And I remember watching this video and I thought, like, I commend this guy for being so, so just radically devoted to something, but, but why aren't we like that? Why don't we live our lives like that? Like, like Pac-Man isn't gonna save you, and yet we've experienced, we've been changed by the one who can save us, and how often do we talk about him 
I remember Pastor Steve's message, and he reminded us, man, we should have more gospel-centered conversations because of the anyones that are in our life. So something does have to happen internally, and then something happens externally. Jesus said, if you love me, then you will obey my commandments. And so I would just challenge you to think about 2020 and how you have been impacted by the gospel. What has the Lord taught you over the course of the last 12 months? And then how is that shaping your life as you move in to 2021? So there's a saying uh, that our church really holds near and dear to our heart, and that is it will take a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission to yield a great church. And so that's what I want us to do with the time that we have left together is just unpack that statement. And maybe, maybe you're in here and you would say, well, I do have a love for God and I do have a love for people. But what I wanna challenge you with today is how do you take that and go deeper with that? Because I think as we read the great commandment, the Lord really challenges our idea of what it means to love him. And so we'll see that in, in our text together. You can turn to Mark 12. Uh, that's where we'll be this morning if you have your Bible uh, with you. It's Mark 12, um, and we'll be in verse 29 when we get there. But so a great commitment to the great commandment and a great commission will yield a great church. And so here's, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to just break apart that statement, great commitment, great commandment, great commission, and talk a little bit about each as we head into 2021. And my goal, here's my goal, is at the end of this, if you leave thinking, man, he did a great job of presenting that, or man, he did a great job of speaking, then I have failed. But if you can leave here today thinking, man, what a great God that we serve, what an incredible God that we have, then I'll feel like I deflected to the one who deserves all the praise and all the glory. And that is our God and Father. So let's talk about this this morning, a great commitment. And what I would say about a great commitment, I've thought long and hard about this, um, is are we committed or are we devoted? And is there a difference between the two? And if there is, what is the difference? And if you can identify the difference, then is there one that you would rather be than the other? And for me, I think of commitment and I think of devotion. And there's a parable in Matthew 21 and I think I have the verses on the screen, and, and we, can, um, we can read this together. So here's what Jesus says, and I think this helps to contextualize the difference between a commitment and being devoted. So Jesus says, but what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And the son answered, and he said, I will not. But afterwards, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second, and likewise, he answered and said, I will go, or I go, sir, but he did not go. And so here's, here's where I would, I would categorize the difference between a commitment and a devotion. One, one of these sons was action-oriented. Yeah, yeah, what he said was different than what he did, but, but both of them found themselves in a place where they said something and they did something different. Now, one of them said, I will absolutely go work in the vineyard, but did not go and work in the vineyard. One said, no, I don't want to go, but then regretted it later and did go and work in the vineyard. See, I think one was committed in word, one was devoted in action. For me, this is where this really began to take root in my life. We, Britt and I signed up for a 5K, and I was talking to her about this the other day, and I, I told her, I said, do you remember whenever we signed up for that half marathon? And she looked at me, and she said, it was just a 5K. Like, I don't, I, it wasn't a half marathon, it was a 5K. And I remember, I was thinking, my goodness, like that thing seemed like a half marathon. It was almost an Ironman, Lars, I don't know how you do it. Um, but I remember we signed up for this, and this was in 2019, 
And so at the beginning of the year, we signed up for it, paid for it and everything. It's a 5K, a fun run type thing, obstacle courses, the whole thing. <clears throat> I'd never done one before. So we signed up in that moment because I had paid for it and because I had said that I was going to do it, I was committed to it. I was absolutely committed to running this 5K. The 5K was later in the year, and so we had six to eight months to train for it. And I'm sure you know how this story goes. We did no training, <laughs> nothing. And so we show up in November, and I thought, and I'm being 100% serious here, I thought I was going to die. I really did. I thought, this is the end of it. I'm going home to see Jesus. This has really done me in. And, and I remember thinking, it was afterwards, I got to think about it, and I thought, my goodness, I was committed to doing this. And there was no way I was not going to do it. But was I devoted to it? I was certainly not devoted to it because my life had no change. It had no change. I did nothing to prepare for what I knew was coming. And so could I say I was committed? Absolutely. Was I devoted? Absolutely not. And so for us, as I think about 2021, as I think about this statement, the great commandment and the great commission, I want to be a follower of Jesus who is devoted to the great commandment and the great commission. I want my life to change in association with those two things. I want to know it and I want to act in accordance with it. So a great commitment or a great devotion. Now let's move on to the second part, the great commandment. So this is where Mark 12 will outline this for us. So Jesus is questioned by a lawyer here. An expert in the law comes to Jesus and he says, hey, what is the greatest commandment of all? And here's how Jesus responds. Jesus says, the first of all the commandments or the one of the utmost importance in priority is this one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment and the second is like this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so we see that what Jesus does is he outlines for us, he summarizes the law and the prophets in this really profound statement where he says, you are to love the Lord your God in two ways. And here's where I want us to really differentiate between the two. He says, and I want us to go deeper. You think about your love for God. And I would say a lot of us love God, <clears throat> but God says you are to love him exclusively and you are to love him entirely. And so when you think of exclusivity, uh, there's a passage in Luke 14 that I think helps us to understand this exclusivity that Jesus calls us to loving God with. Uh, here's what Jesus said. Now a great and great multitudes went with him. So think about this for a second. So the beginning of this verse says great multitudes were following him. He had a lot of people that were following him at this particular time. They're following him. They want to hear from him. They want to be a part of what he's doing. And so he sees the multitudes following him. And it says he turned and said to them. So just picture this. Jesus turns. He sees the multitudes and he turns. And this is, you think, this is a great opportunity for him to say something like really spiritual, right? Like, man, you all are blessed in the kingdom. And I'm so glad that I have all of you here with me. Come and follow Great opportunity for something. And here's what he says. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake, just hear these words, Whoever of you does not forsake all that he has 
cannot be my disciple. Do you see the exclusivity that's outlined by Jesus there? That in the, like, all these people are following him, and he turns and he says, hey, listen, you, you, if you don't hate your mother, brother, sister, father, even your own life, you can't be my disciple. Like, that's harsh language, is it not? And what Jesus is talking about, he's not talking about a literal hate, but our love for God should far surpass everything in this world that it makes it look like hate to some people and how crazy and how exclusive is the love that he calls us to for him. And you might be saying, my goodness, that's selfish. It is, but it's because he knows that fullness of joy, fullness of satisfaction, fullness of life is found in him and him alone. And it's found no other place. And so he says, I'm, I'm calling you into a relationship with me. I want you to love me exclusively because I know that's where you will experience the abundant life that you want. See, we chase it in so many other places. And that's what 2020 did. It exposed the foundation. Man, I'm chasing it with my 401k or I'm chasing it with my job. And those things are gone in an instant. And Jesus said, love me exclusively. Find your joy in me. Find your satisfaction in me. And I will give you abundant life. He wants us to love him exclusively. But not only that, he wants us to love him entirely. And so I'm sure you caught it in Mark 12, but here's what Jesus says. I'll read it for you again. He says, you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And really the essence of that verse, what is he saying there? He's saying entirely. He wants us, he wants every part of us. And so people will argue, right? They'll say, well, should we break these pieces apart and really differentiate between the different parts of a person? That's probably semantics. But for the sake of our conversation today, really what I want us to do is consider these different parts that Jesus talks about because I think it can help us understand how we love him with our entirety. So we are to love him and catch the word he puts in front of it, right? He says all. And so you're not to love him with a part. You're not to compartmentalize your relationship with Jesus and say, man, I'm, you're gonna be an additive to my life and I'm gonna try to find fulfillment in several other places and I'll just add you to whatever it is that I'm doing. No, Jesus says you are to love him with all. It's entire. And so the different parts that he outlines for us, he says you're to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. You're to love him with your affections, with your passions, with your desires. He wants that part of you. We're all wired a certain way. We all enjoy certain things and he wants us to love him with those things. He wants us to desire the relationship, to be, to, to be drawn to affection of who he is. You think about your emotions, and I'm sure some of you have experienced this, but you're singing a worship song, and the words just captivate who you are, and you just feel so small in the presence of God, but he is so great and so big. And this feeling that you get, he wants those feelings to be drawn to him. He wants you to be drawn into a deeper relationship with him by those things. He wants you to love him with all your heart. He said in Matthew, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What are you treasuring in life? And was it removed in 2020? And if it was, then that, that right there will expose where your treasure was. But remove it all. Paul said in Philippians, he said, I, I, I've known what it's like to be rich and I've known what it's like to be poor. And he said, I, I've found satisfaction and I found contentment in my circumstance. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul knew what it was like to be rich. He knew what it was like to be poor, but his satisfaction was found in Christ and in Christ alone. We're to love him with our entire heart. Then he says, we're to love him with our entire soul. And really, really the word there is just, it's suke or life. And so if there's any comprehensive word that he was gonna use, it's really this, we're to love him <clears throat> with our entire life, with our entire being, with everything that we are. He wired you a certain way and he wants you to love him in the way 
that he wired you. He wants all of your life. What defines you as a person? If you were to answer the question, who am I as a person? What is unique to me as a person? So you go there, and then how do you consider loving God with those things? Well, I'm outgoing. Okay, how do you love God with being outgoing? Well, I'm an introvert. I don't like talking to people. How do you love God in the way that he wired you? He wants you to love him with all of your heart, but he also wants you to love him with all of your soul. And then he says, I want you to love the Lord your God with all of your mind. See, he wants you to engage mentally in loving him. And I love this relationship between mind and heart, right? And, and I'm sure that you've seen it. And, and most of our, some of our society really becomes captivated solely by their emotions, right? I want an emotional experience. I want an emotional high. I want to be, I want to be drawn up by this wellspring in my life of emotions, and that's what will sustain me. And, and, and that's what I want out of, whether it's a worship service, whether it's a Bible study, whatever it is, I just want, to, I want my emotions to be captivated. And that's a dangerous place to be because if it's emotions that draw you, it's going to have to be emotions that sustain you. And what happens when it's, when, when it's not there? What happens when the emotional feel isn't there? Is Jesus still enough? Or was it your emotions that you wanted to be drawn or captivated by? He wants you to love him with your mind. He wants you to engage, engage mentally with him. Your emotions are good. He wants your emotions, but he wants your mind as well. In Romans 12, 2, Paul says we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Have your mind renewed. In Philippians 4, 8, Paul says think on what is true. Think on what is noble. Think on what is right. Think on what is pure. We have thoughts. We have thousands of thoughts. I, I looked up the statistic one time, I forget the number. We have thousands of thoughts a day. We think about so many things. We talk about screen time. We spend so much time on screens and our attention span is, is deteriorating. But God wants us to love him with our mind. He wants our heart. He wants our soul. He wants our mind. And then lastly, he wants our strength. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul discusses spiritual gifts, and he talks about the reason spiritual gifts are given is really for the edification of the body. And that's what we experienced in 2020. Think about where we started and the, the Bible verses that were shared in the summer. Um, you think about the growth of this church, the growth of the online ministry. There, there were talents, there were strengths that were utilized to love God and it edified our body, it encouraged our body. So in everything that you do, right? First Corinthians 10, 31 says, in everything that you do, you're to do to the glory of God. So how do you love him with your strength? How do you love him just in your daily life with what you're doing? He's given us so many good pleasures in life. Most of you probably woke up this morning and you, you probably had a good breakfast. I would just assume. I had Honey Nut Cheerios, um, but I'm sure some of you had really, really elaborate breakfasts. Is that a word, plural, for breakfast? I don't know if that's a word or not. <clears throat> but I'm sure you enjoyed the food that you ate. And here's the thing. It is all a gift of God that we don't deserve, that we do not deserve. If we got what we deserved, we would spend eternity separated from Christ, and we would be there now. And what Jesus has said, he said, out of my abundance, I want to give you the opportunity to experience me on a daily basis, whether that's through breakfast, whether that's through lunch, whether it's through dinner, whether it's through relationships, whatever it is, whether it's through talents that you have, Right? I am going to thank the good Lord. I'm gonna have LASIK surgery done a week from Tuesday. Uh, my eyes are horrible. And I remember being in the eye doctor office and I'm sitting in the waiting room and I just had this moment and I'm just thinking 
about the goodness of God that has allowed me the opportunity to be in this position to where I am so blessed to be able to have my eyes fixed. And what an incredible blessing. That, like, everyone doesn't get that opportunity. And, and how, how passive we are with it at times. And we just go through life just enjoying the pleasures of life. And we are never turned back to the creator of those things. He wants us to love him with our strength. And I think Satan will try to distract us in a couple of different ways. I think he, he will distract us with pain, right? So in doing good, in doing things, in enjoying God with the things that we do, he'll distract us with pain. And it'll be difficult at times. And Paul says in Galatians 6, he says, don't grow weary in doing good things. Don't grow weary. We put our trust, we put our faith in the one who's overcome the world. So he says, don't grow weary. He'll try to distract us with pain or he'll try to distract us with pleasure. And you'll spend so much time, you'll spend your entire life captivated by the world, chasing the desires of the world that you'll never turn to the Lord who wants you to experience the goodness and the grace that's found in him. Satan will try to distract us in one of those two ways. So where are you at? Are you, is, is it painful for you? Like, man, I'm doing so many good things. I'm not seeing any fruit continue. Paul says, do not grow weary in doing good. Or maybe you're like, man, circumstances of life are great. I love my life. Life is so fantastic right now. Maybe, right, maybe there's a reorientation that needs to take place back to the one who gave you the opportunity to experience those blessings. God wants us to love him with our strength. And then quickly, you think about the great commandment, which is where really what we've been talking about. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then what does he say? He says, the second is like it. He said, you are to love your neighbor as yourself. And so as you think about loving God, you think about loving people, and really the challenge this morning is for those of you who would say, man, I do love God. I do love God. Do you love him exclusively? Does he have exclusivity in your life or is he an additive? Do you love him entirely? Do you love him with every part of who you are? Are you satisfied fully in who he is? Anything else is taken away from you and I'm, I'm satisfied because I have Jesus and I have Jesus alone. That's all I need in this life. And then the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And my, my challenge to you this morning would be, because I'm sure some of you would say, man, I do, I love people. I love being around people. Maybe some of you wouldn't, but some of you would say, I do, I love being around people. Do you love people radically? And you see this really outlined well, I think in the parable of the Good Samaritan, and I'll quickly just share a couple of thoughts on it. So I'm sure most of you know the story, right? There's this man who's traversing this road and, and he's robbed, he's robbed. And there's a priest and there's a Levite, two people who you would say, man, if anyone's gonna stop to help this person, it's gonna be the priest, it's gonna be the Levite. And how many excuses they probably made, right? Like, ah, uh, someone else will stop, or I don't wanna dirty my robe, or ah, I've gotta serve at the temple, and so I really gotta get going, so I don't have time for this man who's really fallen on tough times. And so he really is, he's in a desperate situation, and then this Samaritan, who is an enemy of this man, he's, a, he's an enemy. Think of, think, think of someone in your mind who you're like, man, I just really despise that person. That's the person who is in distress in this moment, and the Samaritan comes and he picks him up. He puts him on his donkey. He takes him to an inn. And he tells the innkeeper, he says, I'm paying for this man's stay. Not only for a couple of nights, but, but for weeks or months, he paid for his stay. And then he said, hey, whatever you have to spend on this man, whenever I come back through, I will repay you. you this is radical love displayed. And some people get it confused, right? They, they look at the story of the Great Samaritan, like, man, this is about social justice. This is just about kindness. And we need more people like the Samaritan. No, you need to be more like the Samaritan. You need to love people radically. When it's inconvenient, when it's uncomfortable, when it doesn't make sense to you, 
God calls us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And really the purpose of the story, right, this man who asked Jesus this question, he's, he's conditioning what he says. And he says, well, who's my neighbor? Right? He says, I want eternal life. And Jesus says, okay, well, follow the commandments. And he says, well, I've done that. And he says, but wait, wait, Jesus, will you tell, tell me who my neighbor is? Um, and so you can see that something is wrong with him internally. And then Jesus tells the story of the good Samaritan. And this man, I'm sure, is in distress because he's like, that's not the answer I wanted to hear. That's not the answer I wanted to hear. I want to love people when it's convenient for me. I want to have friends that it makes sense to have friends with. But I don't want to show radical love for my enemy, for my enemy, or to love people radically. If you love God, if you truly love God, and you love him entirely, then man, an outflowing of that will be a love for people that will be radical. And so my challenge to you this morning is as you think of the great commandment, and you think of what God says. He says, you're to love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You're to love your neighbor as yourself. And so you probably, you probably ask yourself the question, you're like, I can't love like that. Like, I, I'm incapable of loving my enemy. I'm incapable of loving God with my entire being. Well, praise God that there's a Savior. Praise God that there's a Savior who can display that love for us. And you can put your trust in him this morning and he will be the one who wells up in you a spring of life that you can begin to love people radically that you never thought you were capable of doing. Man, I have an enemy in my life and I, and I don't know how to love them. Well, Jesus does. Put your trust and your faith in him and he will sustain you. He will be the one that will give you life and will give others life. We're thankful that we have a savior this morning. So it's a great commitment or a great devotion to the great commandment to love God and to love people, to love him exclusively, to love him entirely and to love people radically. And then the great commandment, the great commission, I should say, Matthew 28. I'm sure most of you know, we've talked about it before in our, in our services. Here's what Jesus says. He says, go therefore. He says, all power and authority have been given to me. So because of this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. What a comforting statement that is. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So our call, our commission, is to join God in his effort, in his endeavor. Second Corinthians says, God is making his plea to people through us. Like what a challenge and what an opportunity that is that we get to participate with the God of the universe in drawing people to himself. And so we're to go and make disciples of all nations. And teaching, here's what I love about the Great Commission, teaching them to observe, not just teaching them, right? Don't just tell them what to show them what to do, teaching them to observe. We're to show them how to love God with our entire being, how to love people radically. It's that love that probably will draw them, right? Well, it doesn't make sense for you to have this conversation with me. Well, of course it doesn't, but because I've been given the love of God, I love you. I love you, and I want you to experience the life that I've experienced. And so that's the call this morning of God, is to love him entirely, to love him exclusively, to love people radically, and then to join him in the Great Commission. So my question, really in closing this morning, is, is do you love God? And maybe you just consider that for a second. Do I love God? And your answer to that question is probably yes. I don't think you'd be here if you didn't love God. But then take it a step further and ask yourself, do I love God exclusively? Does he have first priority in my life? And do I love God entirely? Do I love him with everything that I have? And then the second question I would have would be, 
Do you love people? And again, you probably would answer, would answer that question and say, yes, I do. I, I love people. Do you love people radically? Is your life marked by a radical love for other people when it doesn't make sense, when it's not convenient? That's what God calls us to. So as we step in to 2021, that's what I would challenge us with. Is how do we stay oriented? How do we stay connected to our true north? And our true north is a great commitment or devotion to the great commandment and the great commission. That's what's going to yield a great church. And so I'm excited for 2021. I'm thankful for what took place in 2020. I am, I'm, or 2020. I'm thankful for the, for the exposure that took place. He did. He exposed what was on the foundation. So remember what you're called to. Remember what he asks of you. It's a commandment to love God exclusively and entirely and to love people radically. So as the team comes, maybe just, just bow your head for a second and just, just consider those questions. Man, do I, do I love God? Do I love him exclusively? And do I love him entirely? And again, maybe, maybe your answer to that question would be yes. And that's incredible. That you do love him exclusively, you do love him entirely. Then ask yourself the question, do I love people? And do I love people radically? See, he wants all of us. He wants every part of us. He wants us to be found in him and him alone. He wants to provide the peace. He wants to provide the comfort. He wants to provide the shelter. So Lord, we're, we're thankful this morning for, for who you are. We're thankful for your word, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword and that it does divide, that it does convict. Lord, and where there's conviction, there's correction. And if we can correct, then we can point ourselves back to you. We can live a life that's marked by a love for you and a love for people. Lord, show us more of yourself. Be glorified through all that we do. Lord, as we move into 2021, God, I just, I just ask that this church would be devoted, would be devoted to the great commandment and the great commission. Lord, help us to stay focused. We love you, Lord Jesus. We ask this in your son Jesus' holy, holy and his precious name.